Welcome to Sky Women. I'm your host, Dr. Carolyn Moyers, a wife, mom, and board-certified OB-GYN. This is a place to educate, empower, and inspire. Join us each week as we share the power of women's stories. Real women, real stories, real inspiration. Put on your stretchy pants. Let's get going. Hello, Sky community. Welcome back to another episode of Sky Women. Today, we are going to be chatting with Dr. Amanda Olson. She is a pelvic floor physical therapist. Are you surprised that we're talking to another pelvic floor physical therapist? You shouldn't be. She is the president and chief clinical officer of Intimate Rose, where she develops pelvic health products and education. She's passionate about empowering women and men with pelvic health issues, including pelvic pain, incontinence, pregnancy, and postpartum issues. And Dr. Dr. Olson has been so generous with her time to just hop on whenever I learned about Intimate Rose and their vaginal dilators that I needed for a patient with vaginismus and hypertonic pelvic floor muscles. And I was so glad to receive some products in the mail to sample. And she just generously hopped on. So welcome. Thank you for joining us, Amanda. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So this is really fascinating. This company really works to give us medical grade products and education around pelvic pain, incontinence, all of these pelvic health issues that oftentimes don't necessarily get addressed well in our typical clinical setting. I'm just thinking as a busy OB-GYN, right? In the typical practice, uh, you know, like there's almost like this anxiety for the provider because they're like, I don't have time to adequately address this. And I feel like you are filling a huge gap. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate that. And I think too, that's where the beauty of, especially a provider like yourself, where you do work so closely with other pelvic health physical therapists and you have that amazing community around you because you have such an important role and then you can be coordinating and consulting with all these other different types of providers. And then from my perspective, coming in with the tools to empower patients so they can be using it on their at home, on their own, under the guidance of their providers. But it's just an extension of that amazing care that you provide. Yeah, absolutely. I think that the collaborative approach definitely is the best. So there's always a story behind the story, right? And with Intimate Rose, of course, it's fascinating as I look at it, but then as I delved into it and read your story, I thought, oh my gosh, like this is... This is what Sky Women is all about, right? Knowing women's stories, having our shared lived experiences, and knowing that you're not alone in this situation. And so I need you to share your story with us because it is one for the books. Yeah. <laughs> and I did write a book and include that in my book. Okay. Um, what is the name of your book? It's called Restoring the Pelvic Floor for Women. <laughs> Okay. It's available on Amazon and on our website. It's, I feel like it's, so the book itself is each chapter goes over a different diagnosis in pelvic health, like urinary Mm -hmm. incontinence and constipation, Mm -hmm. but it's very lighthearted. I always find that like a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. So it's, it's a really fun, easy read. It's it's a short read, but it covers a lot of different topics. Um, But I did open the book with my story. So the basics of my story is that I expressly entered the physical therapy realm to specialize in pediatrics. I, I, you know, I just went to PT school intending to treat children with neurological issues. And when I graduated, um, that's what I was. I was a pediatric specialist and I had a doctorate degree and I was out in the wilderness with a, a group of young men. So I was a professional person just out on the weekend and the boys were cliff jumping 
in this spot on the river. I live in Oregon. It's very beautiful here. Yeah. People do adventurous things. I'm not a thrill seeker. <laughs> I'm not this, I'm not like this at all. Okay. I'm a runner. <laughs> but the boys you were like your feet on the ground. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. I prefer so this it. is in 2008, right? So yeah. you're a pediatric yeah. uh, physical therapist and yes. it's 2008 and you're out on the weekend. Okay. <laughs> yes. It's a 40 foot drop into the river. It's like a, the type of river where it's very still and very deep. It's deemed safe to jump but and they've been jumping off at of this point since they were young people and so I just off the cliff I went I was you know just trying to keep up I guess and I landed in uh, the seated position which is not apparently what you're supposed to do you're supposed to land straight so from 40 feet up water acts like cement and yeah. I landed on my bottom from 40 feet up and I just annihilated my pelvic floor <laughs> so I had significant damage to all of my pelvic floor muscles dislocated my coccyx significant damage to my lower spine and thankfully I was okay. I mean, for all intents and purposes, if I had rotated a little bit more and hit my head, I'd have been gone. This could have been way, way worse. It was not good, but it could have been way worse. And I was able to get out and able to follow up with primary care. And she had the wherewithal, this was 13 years ago, to say immediately, you need to go see one of your colleagues in pelvic health. They are going to fix you up. And so I went and saw a colleague. And at the time there was like 300 in the country. Like it was right. not what it is now, right? Not very many physical therapists. It's, it was, it's an old practice in physical therapy. It's roughly 40 years old that we've been doing public health. Right. But at that time there was just not very many. I'm so lucky. I lived in Portland, Oregon. We have an, an amazing clinic there and I went and got help and she fixed me right up. And she said, Amanda, you need to quit pediatrics. You need to go back recertify and do pelvic health. We need yeah. more and you have the right personality for it. And so I did, I was still working at the mm-hmm. time, but I'm um, going back to classes and coursework on the weekends. Cause it's a very significant skill set, as you know, right. to learn how to do a pelvic exam and how to diagnose right. and treat pelvic floor dysfunction. So I spent the next several years doing that and transitioned into pelvic health. And this is what I do now. So how did you go from transitioning into pelvic health? So I, I read that you were one of the first 33 people in the nation to pass the pelvic rehabilitation practitioner certification boards through Herman and Wallace, which is very impressive. So you're practicing as a pelvic health physical therapist, but then you decide I'm going to start a, a company and design products that help my patients. Like how did we go from a clinician to an innovator? Yes. So, I mean, just being one-on-one as, as you are in the clinic with these patients that are struggling and they are crying Mm. and they're telling you what's working and what's not working. And we're trying to approach the patient holistically. So addressing them from all different angles. And I saw what was working and what was not working. And I just really wanted to be providing products. One, we're maximally comfortable. So really smooth, comfortable, soft materials to use in this very sensitive part of their body. And then I also wanted to make something that was just really pretty and friendly and hopeful looking and not it looks scary. Medical. And, yeah. yeah, yeah. Not scary and medical. Yeah. What we had on the at the time were very medicalized um, plastic steel. Mm. other, other devices that just were not the right shape. They were not the right fit. They weren't reaching the anatomical points that they needed to reach in order to get the job done. So it started very slowly. I mean, it started with one product. We started with vaginal weights, got the silicone, right. Uh, We use a unique finish on it that makes it very soft and smooth. Mm -hmm. And then from there made the dilators and then patented the wands and just keep going. 
That's amazing. And then you, you've also got a lubricant. Yes, we have a yeah. lubricant and we're working with the pharmacy team to make several other too, because lubricant is kind of like shampoo, you know, <laughs> it's like we all have our own like unique yeah. desires and things that we look for in it. Yeah. And so we're looking to, to be able to just really expand that out and make different types available for people. Yeah. Okay. So I want to walk through these three products that you talked about and just explain to us, number one, the most common disorders that you treat. And then let's walk through how we would actually use these in a clinical study or at home, obviously, because these are tools that patients are using at home to help with their particular diagnosis. Sure. Broadly speaking, there's roughly two categories of how a pelvic floor is behaving, underactive and overactive, or as you noted, hypertonic or hypotonic. Those are kind of synonymous terms. And so the symptoms that people are experiencing can be under both of those. So broadly speaking, people with underactive pelvic floor muscle dysfunction may have symptoms like pelvic organ prolapse. They may have urinary incontinence. They may also experience some hip pain just from instability. And again, this is so broad because there are instances where people have symptoms that are both and the pelvic floor muscles are behaving in different ways. But the other side of that is the overactive or hypertonic pelvic floor. Oftentimes they're reporting pain. They're reporting difficulty emptying their bowels. So constipation, difficulty having a bowel movement, urinary hesitancy, and pain with intercourse tend Mm -hmm. to be really common reports. The dilators and the wands are for those people. They're for the people that report the pain. They have issues with penetration, whether it's using a tampon, speculum during their exam, intercourse. And so those devices help them, whereas the vaginal weights are for generally strengthening muscles that have been weakened or are not activating in time. So they don't have speed and accuracy and control. So the vaginal weights are for that category of people. So The devices are intended to be used to help people manage their pain, address tender points, and also to retrain their brain to better coordinate with their pelvic floor so that it knows how to respond when it's time to have a bowel movement, when it's time to have intercourse or have a medical exam. Right. Because let's talk about that a little bit. For instance, with vaginismus, with the history of uh, trauma. So whether somebody's been through rave or even had a straddle injury, right, where they've hurt their, their vulvar region. You know, a lot of times women or in, in my instance, I'm not talking about women because I'm assuming this could happen with men as well, but with women, I see, you know, a lot of times it's the anxiety and the anticipation of the exam that is worse than the exam itself. Right. So they're clenching their bottom, they're closing their legs before we even get there. And I can only imagine if this is if this is their reaction in the clinical setting, what is their reaction at home whenever you know it's time to be intimate and you still have that cycle? So let's talk about the connection between the brain and the body, the pelvic floor. Absolutely. So they, the brain's primary focus is on protecting you for better, for worse, right. in good times and in bad. The brain's total job, one job is to protect you. And so when there's been a history of a trauma, whether it's abuse or whether it's an injury, like you mentioned, so it could have been abuse with trauma, like the instance of rape, um, or it could have just been an emotional abuse situation where there wasn't bodily harm, but still the body responds by clenching or an injury, like a fall on the bottom, say Mm -hmm. from 40 feet up or (laughs) a ladder or those kinds of things on the ice. And so the brain responds by clenching those muscles to guard and it provides that 
that internal security, it happens subconsciously. People are not aware that it's happening. Oftentimes, sometimes they are, they can feel it, but they don't necessarily know how to dim it back down, turn it back off in order to relax. And that cycle can become very automated and it Mm -hmm. can become very instinctual. And so in that instance, we are working with across the spectrum. So in in certain cases, working with a counselor and a therapist, but also training them as to what on and off and everything else in between feels like so that they can have better coordination and control. It's almost like driving a stick shift (laughs) where you're operating something. You can't necessarily look down at your feet on the pedals. You can't necessarily see what your pelvic floor is doing all the time, although mirrors can help. Um, Mm -hmm. But we use biofeedback and we use the the dilators to provide that input to the tissue. And meanwhile, Mm -hmm. we're working on training the response to be to relax and drop and open. Right. In order to be able to tolerate that. And then from there, we want to go from merely tolerating to actually enjoying and being able right. to engage in whatever their goal might be. But it's never enough to just simply say, relax, <laughs> because they don't know how. Yeah. It'd be like saying, drive the stick shift. They don't know how. Right, right. Without, with no instruction. Yeah. 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 Okay. So whenever you said, you know, that your public floor physical therapist fixed you right up, I'm pretty sure it wasn't overnight. So let's talk <laughs> about the process. I mean, I think I saw it took about six months. Yeah. So when somebody is going to see a public floor physical therapist, you know, what should they anticipate their level of participation to be, as well as their time commitment with that public floor physical therapist? Because I love it when they do two or three visits and they're like, it didn't work. You know? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it is a journey for better or for worse. So it depends on the unique person in front of you and how long it's been a problem and mm-hmm. the what extent the muscles are involved and to what extent the injury is involved. But I would say it's very safe to say to expect anywhere from six visits to six months to a year in some cases. And I know that sounds really daunting, but when you're thinking about the fact that we are addressing a system that oftentimes requires a lot of practice, very similar to learning how to ride a bicycle or drive a car. That time commitment is needing to be in place, but also it's up to you as to what you're doing in your off hours. If you're following through with the recommendations made and to what extent you're able to do that. You know, people have very busy lives nowadays and it's getting harder and harder, but it is expected that when you show up, you're going to have a very complete evaluation. That physical therapist is going to be spending upwards of an hour with you, asking you about your medical history, asking you about what your goals are, asking you what's worked what's not worked in terms of how you're managing yourself on a day-to-day basis. And then there are going to be some suggestions. It's not just about exercises or it's not just about buy the dilators and do this. It's about making recommendations on what you're drinking and how often you're going to the bathroom and all of those things. Right. Because with, especially with incontinence, there are some recommendations there. Can you tell us what they are? Yes. So with incontinence, you want to be avoiding going to the bathroom just in case. It sounds very, very scary and very counterintuitive. But when you go to the bathroom, just in case you do train your body 
to be highly sensitive at lower urine volumes, which can result in urinary urgency. Mm -hmm. We also recommend that you stay relaxed when you do sense that urgency. So interestingly enough, you can contract the pelvic floor muscles almost as if you were shutting off the flow of urine. And what that does is it signals your bladder to relax for a moment because when the pelvic floor muscles contract, it tells the bladder, if I'm contracted, you cannot be contracted. Mm -hmm. We cannot both do this at the same time. And then you're going to stay calm and proceed to the restroom. And then the driver, of course, it would be determined in the evaluation. So some people are experiencing incontinence because their pelvic floor muscles are weak. And some people are experiencing incontinence because their pelvic floor muscles are too tight and not flexible enough. And they're getting some exertion-related drippage because of that. So that's why it's really important to determine what the driver is as well. Okay. And also carbonated beverages and drinking near bedtime. Can you kind of talk around that? Yes. So bladder irritants are all the fun things in life. Unfortunately, (laughs) it's the carbonated beverages, it's coffee, it's alcohol, very Mm -hmm. sugary things. And so lowering those, I'm one to say, I know I don't ever tell my patients to completely remove them because Mm -hmm. we all have our fun things in life that we like to have and quality of life is really important, but limiting it to roughly four ounces to eight ounces while we're working on addressing the other parts of it is really helpful. And then starting to limit fluids around six to 7 PM, depending on how late someone stays up, Um, but that allows them to get good emptying so that they're not getting up too often in the night. So we say getting up one time per night is considered normal if the patient's Mm -hmm. over 65. Mm -hmm. But other than that, we want you sleeping through the night. You want to be sleeping through the night. So we're trying to work with you and your schedule and train your bladder so that you're in control so that you're not getting up. Absolutely. So I think that what is so fascinating about your story is that you know, you saw a need or you had, you had this like life altering event happen, right? And you saw a need in the industry and you went for it. Not only did you go back and do training in pelvic physical therapy, but then to start a a side business or or a side hustle, you know, saying, oh, I'm going to make these products. I mean, that in and of itself, we could talk about that for another hour, I'm sure. And like what that looks like and how do you go about, you know, make, getting these products made. Um, but what I think is super fascinating about your story is that you went on and had two vaginal deliveries. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, despite two. the trauma. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I mean, it's, it's truly a testament of the fact that bodies heal. Um, yeah. It does take time, but I have gone on, I, I run marathons. I had two boys vaginally and I'm so thankful, you know, and I do still do self-management. That is still just like brushing my teeth. It is still part of the regi- regime of right. keeping them both strong, but also flexible. And I think that's I, the beauty of the tools. I think that's so incredibly important because if you look at some of the studies looking at specifically at postpartum incontinence or you know urinary or fecal incontinence and they'll show an initial improvement you know at 6 to 8 weeks but then a year out we see this decline and it typically is because we didn't continue with the maintenance and the exercises that you know as the patient we didn't do our end of the bargain right and so the maintenance therapy and knowing that we just have to address this pelvic floor as part of our overall health is is really important Absolutely. And especially considering too, is that we go through different ebbs and flows in life. It's like we, postpartum is this one very precious section of our life and it comes with different hormonal 
changes and different changes to the tissue, whether it's the pelvic mm-hmm. floor or the abdominals. Mm-hmm. And then we kind of move through that. And then we approach this new other phase, whether it's pre-menopause and then menopause or mm-hmm. the stress of life, you know, mm-hmm. and certainly stress can alter your estrogen levels. Mm-hmm. That can also affect how you're showing up for yourself in, mm-hmm. in maintenance in and of itself. So I feel like it's like this, it's, it's, I want to call it a journey, but that sounds so contrived. It's like, what fresh new situation is this? <laughs> right. right. And how and do I care for myself at this yeah. season in life? There's different seasons. Yeah. 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 Well, so tell everyone where they can find you and your products specifically, because not everyone's going to go to Oregon. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. So our website is interferose.com. On the website, I've got hundreds of different videos and blog articles to help people. And then all the products are listed there. All the products come with their own guide in the product box. And then online, free guides on how to. And then you can find us doing daily content and fun stories and other education on Instagram at Intimate Rose. We are on TikTok now at Intimate Rose. And we are on Facebook. And we also have on Facebook a private group that anyone is welcome to join. The private group is just a safe place for people to commune with other people that are experiencing what they are experiencing. It's the Intimate Rose private group. And that group does a really amazing job of just showing up for each other and supporting each other when people have something positive happen, like, oh, I got from dilator three to dilator four today, they cheer each other uh, on. And then now that's incredible to have that kind of support for something that I feel like so many people must feel incredibly alone when oh. they have public floor dysfunction. Yeah. Yes. And that's, that's why amazing. we started it. And it's been an amazing group for that reason. Nobody's ever alone, but they feel like because it's such a sensitive topic, they they don't talk about it with their friends. So they're not aware of anybody else going through what they sure. are, but there's so many people in the same boat. Sure. boat so Yes. Well, thank you so much for joining us today and for being the creative spirit and the entrepreneurial spirit and putting these products out in the world. And I love that they come with an instruction guide and can really help individuals in their healing process. So thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. All right, Sky community. Thank you for listening to another episode. This episode was sponsored by Sky Women's Health. As a reminder, we're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and we help relieve back pain and pelvic pain in pregnancy and beyond. If you are pregnant and having pain and you feel like you have no reliable way to relieve it, look us up at skywomenshealth.com, request an appointment, and we'll call to get you scheduled. As a board-certified OB-GYN with a Neuromusculoskeletal Medicine Fellowship, I help you realign with hands-on drug-free treatment and relieve pain on the spot without medication. We'll help you maintain these results through your pregnancy and postpartum period. Every pregnant person deserves this, and we are so excited to serve you. You can find us on our website, as mentioned, or on social at Sky Women's Health, or you can call the office at 817-915-9803. That's it for today. Until next week, be well.